Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the One Shot Movement podcast, where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs, business people, anyone that's out there making it happen. And today we have podcasting royalty. His name is Steve Olsher, who's an incredible entrepreneur based in the US. He's the founder of Podcast Magazine, as he refers to as the Rolling Stone magazine for podcasters. So we dive deep into podcasting, entrepreneurship. We talk about his podcast, TEDx speaking, we talk about everything in the entrepreneurial space. So sit back and enjoy this week's episode with Steve Olsher. Okay, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the One Shop Movement podcast, where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs, business people, anyone that's out there making it happen. And today we have Steve Olsher with us, who's an incredible entrepreneur that I just recently met on the social media platform Clubhouse. He's the founder of Podcast Magazine. He hosts his own podcast, uh, Reinvention Radio. He's the creator of the New Media Summit. He's a TEDx speaker and he's an inspiring entrepreneur. So welcome to the show, Steve. Hey, man. Appreciate you having me. Great. And I always intro someone into the show just to uh, provide a little bit of context, but I'd love you to fill out your story. Spend a few minutes diving into your entrepreneurial journey and uh, any key parts to your story. Um, you know, man, just long-time entrepreneur, trying to think of, uh, man, like over 30 years now, right? Because First time I uh, I had a true entrepreneurial endeavor was when I was 19, uh, and I opened up my own non-alcoholic nightclub. So, been an entrepreneur for a long time, and uh, it's taken me through just multiple iterations, going into the catalog world, uh, really early online, uh, launched a store on CompuServe's electronic mall. Uh, that store became Liquor.com, like what you drink, uh, and ended up selling that to Barry Diller's company. Uh, in 2019. And uh, for about the last 10 years or so, I've been doing a lot of author type work and speaking and, uh, of course, podcasting. Um, and like you mentioned, we launched Podcast Magazine about a year ago. So lots of, uh, lots of fun stuff going on. Very good. And I always like to um, talk to each guest a bit about their superpower so we can provide a lot of education for people listening into the show. And, you know, podcasting for me is something that really jumped out to you. I've listened to you a lot on Clubhouse around this topic. And yeah, so I want to touch on that to start with. So why should people start their own podcast and what's the benefits of that? Um, you know, I mean, look, it is not an easy yes or no question or, you know, yes, they should or no, they shouldn't. But from the standpoint of not, not everyone should have a podcast. I mean, I'll just say that as, as open and honestly as I can, you know, I mean, um, there are lots of good reasons to have a podcast, not the least of which, of course, is, you know, to um, elevate your status, to build your credibility, your authority, to connect with uh, really interesting people, um, and it can be used as a uh, as a lead and revenue generator. But at the same token, um, you got to do something that's unique, and you got to do something that's worth listening to, because there's more options now um, than ever, and there's a lot of people who are doing very very similar things. So, not that. Um, not that I'm trying to discourage you from doing it, but just be really clear on what the value proposition is 
for the listener, and I, and I think a lot of people who jump into the podcast game kind of do it just because they want to hear themselves talk and don't really think about it from the standpoint of, you know, what, what is my listener going to gain by investing an hour or so into, uh, you know, into, into tuning in. So lots of reasons to do it, but at the same token, um, just be really aware of why you're doing it and make sure that uh, you're doing it for the right reasons. Mm, very well said. And I started my podcast um, January 2020. It sort of come about, of, I launched a book called You've Got One Shot, which is you got one shot at life. Go out there and give it your best shot, whatever it is for you. Backstory of that is my wife and I, six years ago, we went through a challenge of losing our first son, stillborn, and I wanted to bring the story of that to life to help educate and inspire people. Uh, so the book and then the podcast is built around that with a collective of interviews with amazing people like yourself to provide either inspiration or education and then I've gone on to create content beyond that so I sort of feel that that really fits well with my brand and message which is why I went out podcasting but I totally get um, not doing the podcast just for, for the sake of doing it yeah 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 and you know obviously with your story and everything that you've been through I mean you bring a very unique perspective right to the table that um, that makes you have a very singular voice with with what you do mm. and just a, a question on top of that if you do go down a podcasting pathway what do you see is a, a few key things that make a great podcast obviously the uniqueness making it quality um, but anything else that will make a podcast really good I mean I, I would say number one when you when you start thinking about creating a show, you you, you got to make sure you listen to other other podcasts, right? And I think a lot of people just jump into the game, and they don't necessarily listen to other shows, right? So if you want to have a really good podcast, one of the main things that you can do um, is start listening to other podcasts that are really good, you know, because the the reality is they're doing something. I mean, there's, there's a certain formula, if you will, that they have figured out and it, it blows my mind how so many people who get into the game don't actually invest uh, any time, even really into listening to other shows. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's number one. Um, number two I really do believe that everyone should be a guest on, on a number of shows first, you know, 20, 30, 40 shows first before they start thinking about launching their own show. Cause it's, it's a different animal. It's a different medium. You got to get used to how this, this world plays. Um, and so be a, be a guest on shows. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and try different things, you know, I mean, like just, throw some stuff at the wall and see what sticks. I mean, that's one of the beautiful things about Clubhouse uh, is you you can just open up some random rooms and see if they attract anybody, right? So just try some different things. And, and the point being, really test before you invest. And, uh, you know, if you do those two things, um, you know, in terms of listening, in terms of guesting and testing, those three things, you're, you're going to stand a much better chance of, of having a show that, uh, that, that works out well. Mm, very well said. And, and we're going to talk about Podcast Magazine shortly, but in regards to promoting your podcast, once you've got a podcast, what's a couple of key ways that people should 
or have to do really if they want to build their audience, build their tribe? Well, um, I, I mean, that's that's the you know that's the ten million dollar question, right? And so the reality is, you just got to get real clear on what what constitutes success for you in the podcasting realm. From the standpoint of you, you may not need to have a show that has hundreds of thousands of downloads per episode in order for it to work out really well for you and your company, right? I mean, you could have a show that just has 50 or 100 downloads per episode. And I, I know some people who are able to make more money. I mean, from, from shows like that, than people who have these these really impressive numbers, right? So promoting, look, it's always great to hit the charts. It's always great to, to have notoriety. I mean, those those things are, are, are awesome. But at the same token, just simply understand that when, when you're looking at promoting, one of the best things that you can do just, and again, we talked about this a few minutes ago, but the, one of the best things that you can do is just be a guest on other people's shows, right? Because People who listen to podcasts listen to podcasts. So if you're a guest on on a show, you'll have the opportunity to then talk about what it is that you're doing on your show. And some of those folks will then turn around and say, "Well, yeah, let me you know let me check that out." And that that works out really really well in in most cases. Um, and of course, you know, promoting it's just like any other marketing activity. I mean, you've got to throw some money at it. If you really want to be found, you got to be willing to advertise. You got to be willing to to throw some money at shows, perhaps even those that are smaller than than your show, right? And that's a great place to start because it'll be a win for that show because you know they'd, they'd love to have an advertiser. It'll be a win for you because you'll be able to pick up listeners, you know, fairly inexpensively, um, and it'll be a win for the audience because then they'll have an opportunity to learn about uh, a new show that they may not uh, have even heard about or know exists. Hmm. Interesting perspective. And what about if someone was starting their podcast and they launched their podcast, is there a, you know, a few tricks that they should really do if they're ready to get started? Is it to start, um, like my, I did mine in seasons, uh, 10 interviews, uh, an intro. And so there's 12 episodes per season. And I really got my first season out in the space of, you know, two weeks. So there was re- you know, consistent content that was really a part of what I wanted to do. Um, is there some things that you would think are pretty important if you're launching their podcast? Um, I mean, seasons are a great idea, right? From the standpoint of there's a, there's a beginning, there's a middle, and there, there's an end. That's, that's always a good idea. And a lot of people don't, um, don't even think about it in terms of seasons. They just keep putting out shows and putting out shows and putting out shows, and they don't even really stop to think about like, you know, how does a typical story work, right? I mean, and stories all have a beginning, a, a middle, and an end. A movie has a beginning, a middle, and an end, et cetera. So, yeah, I mean, a, a season is a, it's a really good strategy for sure. Another strategy as you're looking to launch is make sure that you you have, well, sort of in the same beginning, middle, and end type of, st- uh, of thinking, you know, make sure you have a, a pre-launch um, let's just call it pre-launch strategy, right? In terms of marketing and and um, and just getting the word out about what you're doing. If you go back to uh, the world of movies, 
you know, there's, there's always a lot of buzz and a lot of marketing and trailers and so on that are put out long before a, a movie is ever released. So you, you can think about it the same way, you know, which is how can I create buzz around what I'm doing before I do it? And, and ultimately and ideally get people to be excited about the release of those shows, you know, even before they come out. So pre-launch marketing uh, is huge and, and partnering with people who can help you get in front of uh, the right audience and, and larger audiences. It's a great strategy as well. And, and perhaps part of how you can do it, especially if you do it in seasons and you pre-record some of your stuff, uh, is you can get the people who have joined you as a guest um, on your shows to share their appearance, uh, you know, within your ecosystem as well, within their ecosystem as well. So, yeah. Mm. Very good uh, insights. And what about the last question I want to ask around uh, podcasting? I haven't gone down the monetizing model myself, so I can't really talk about my experiences there, but I really did it for brand, content uh, creation, to build an audience. You know, that was some of the main reasons that drove me. It was sort of potentially aligned really well with my message and my book, um, and I haven't explored the any of the um, options around monetizing, but what are some of the key uh, monetizing options you could do if you were starting a podcast? Um, I mean, if you're just starting, it's going to be really hard to get any sort of sponsors or advertisers for sure. So you got to start thinking about it in terms of, okay, what, what are the products and the programs and the services uh, that you have that can be of interest to not only, of course, your, your audience, uh, but also uh, in terms of your guests. Because turning a guest into a client uh, is, is a, a really smart strategy, especially if you help them solve a particular problem and then you just simply lay it out with, you know, hey, this was a great conversation. Hope that was really helpful for you. You know, here are three other things that we can, that we can do, right, in terms of how we can help you take this even further. So um, that's, that's a strategy that a lot of people don't, don't think about. Um, the other strategy that works really, really well is, of course, turning your uh, your audience into clients from the standpoint of if you model what it is that you do. So let's say you, you bring somebody on who has a particular problem. And over the course of your interview, you help them solve that problem during that episode. You know, the call to action to your audience is, is really simple and easy, right? I mean, it's simply a matter of, Hey, if you liked what I did for Craig, then, you know, give me a jingle and let's, let's talk because this is something that we can do for you as well. So, yeah, I mean, you just gotta, everything starts with the offer and you just have to be very clear in terms of what your core offer is and what you're trying to get people to do and then invite them to do it. Hmm. Very interesting. And let's move on a little bit. Actually, before we go to podcast magazine, I would like you to share a bit about your podcast, the vision behind um, what you were doing there. And yeah, so the audience can hear about what you do in the podcasting space. Well, uh, I've been podcasting off and on since 2009. Uh, that's when we released our first episode of Reinvention Radio. So it's, it's almost 12 years now. And um, man, just, I don't even know. I think, we, I think we've released over a thousand episodes now uh, in total of Reinvention Radio. So it's been, it's been an interesting journey over the years. 
but um, about September or so of 2020, just started getting kind of burnt on it. Just like, yeah, you know what? I'm just take some time off here from doing it. And um, then around December, ended up coming across Clubhouse and the whole social audio and live and interaction and and so on. So we actually started um, in February of 2021. We started doing all of our episodes live on Clubhouse, and we we record them and we release them as is um, as podcast episodes. So yeah, I've got to definitely have a new renew, renewed fire for that. And um, I mean, we've had, geez, I think I don't even know how many shows we've done already on Clubhouse. But I mean, we just had Tim Story on today. Uh, we had Pat Flynn on last week, Amy Porterfield before that, Michael Stelzner. And um, so we're, we're able to attract some really, some really awesome guests, which, uh, which is a lot of fun for sure. Mm. And while we're on that, I'd like to hear a bit about that. I did listen to you talking about uh, the podcasting, the equipment that you need to do that um, in Clubhouse. But what what are some of the key reasons that you would do your podcast in, because you can't get video content to repurpose that, um, what are some real good reasons to do your podcast in Clubhouse for the audience? Yeah. I mean, look, for me, it's just simply a matter of, um, I, I just feed off of the energy. I mean, I like being able to bring people up. I like being able to get uh, others involved in the conversation. You know, I, I certainly like to think that I have some interesting things to say, but at the same token, uh, I also understand that everybody's going to bring a unique perspective to the table. So for me, uh, one of the main reasons why I love doing things on Clubhouse uh, is because I have the opportunity to bring them up on stage and, and give other people the opportunity to ask questions. And because of the relationships that we have, you know, we're able to attract some, some pretty cool people. Uh, and so giving others the opportunity to connect with those people uh, is infinitely valuable as well. Mm. So do you think your ability to attract a, let's call it a higher profile or a more recognized guest on Clubhouse is easier to do it there than just getting them into an environment like we are at the moment? I mean, I think, I think today there's still, um, it's interesting, right? Because for some people, uh, they've already been there and done that. Novelty kind of wore off. They're not doing much with it anymore. And then there's others who are just becoming brand new to the platform and really loving what's going on there. Um, so I think for some, Clubhouse is a viable option. Uh, and I think that you can attract people um, and certainly you can connect with people there uh, in a pretty interesting, meaningful way for sure. But the, you know, the fact of the matter is that I, I don't see Clubhouse as being the end-all, be-all and replacing podcasts. Um, I think it can be a nice complimentary to your podcast and, and be complimentary to your podcast. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think that there's folks who are going to be like, yeah, I'd love to be on a Clubhouse stage with you uh, versus saying, you know, I, I'd like to sit down for a podcast episode with you. So, I mean, I think it still has some appeal. I think there's still people who are interested in it, but I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling at this moment like it's going to just simply open doors um, that a, a good podcast couldn't open, you know, at the same token. Mm. 
And just on Clubhouse, because there's a lot of people at this, if we timestamp this interview here, it's still a relatively newish, you know, there's obviously probably sub 10 million people on there at the moment. Um, I've been on there three months. There was, a, I think they said about 800,000 at that point in time. Um, what is Clubhouse as a platform and where do you see that going? Just so the audience can get some perspective of that platform. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I would definitely say, I would definitely say that there is something very meaningful in the world of social audio that we all need to be aware of. And there's certainly a need for people to connect, um, for people to be able to communicate with one another. I mean, all, all that is is still going to hold true. I don't see that. I don't know. I don't see that going away anytime soon. What, what I would say um, is that there, there, there's going to have to be some really compelling reasons for people to stay um, on the platform. And so hopefully as we move towards uh, like what we're doing in Club Pod, which is our podcast specific club uh, on Clubhouse, you know, we're, we're moving more to a set schedule so that people know what to expect. And they know if they come into Club Pod, there's going to be really high quality content every time they come into one of our rooms. And so, you know, that's, that's our goal uh, is to really create that, that 24 seven type channel. Um, and I think if people lean in more of, of that direction of having a set schedule and, ha and being very intentional about what they do, um, I think there can be some longevity and sustainability for it for sure. Mm, very good. So let's talk about Podcast Magazine. What is Podcast Magazine? Why did you start it? And yeah, share a little bit about that. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the, the idea was very simple and it was just simply a matter of, you know, why don't we have a Rolling Stone type publication for the podcast industry? I mean, it's really just that simple with just that simple question. And is there an opportunity here to, to create something that really helps to elevate the industry as a whole? And so we looked at the, the, the landscape and said, yeah, there, there should be a podcast magazine, something that goes deeper into the lives of the podcasters that you know and love and introduces you to shows that um, you probably haven't heard of, but should be listening to. And so that was, that was really our goal is to cover the world of podcasts and podcast culture and, and really provide a, a, a much needed service, so to speak, for the world of podcasting. Uh, and, you know, interestingly enough, we've been able to, to open up, you know, quite a few doors with the magazine and, and people have, have really grown to, to like the content and people have really grown to appreciate uh, the design quality and everything that we're doing. So, it's um it it's one of those things where you just kind of sit back and you go I, I think there's an opportunity here, um and you know at the end of the day uh, we'll see what happens if if that is sustainable and scalable, uh, but for right now it seems like people are resonating with what we're doing and uh, we've got a team of about twenty three people working on it every month. Wow, and um, is it both a physical product? So magazine to go into a news store and a digital version as well? Yeah, so we, we do have um, a physical magazine and we're working on getting more uh, distribution on that. So that, that'll take 
that'll take place over time. But for right now, um, uh, for right now, our focus is really on digital. And so about 99% uh, of all of our uh, subscribers uh, are, are digital subscribers and a small handful or so that, uh, that, that, you know, actually get the, the print edition. Mm. Okay. And what, uh, when you just said some content in the magazine, is it interviews with podcast guests? Is it, uh, obviously there's advertising in there as well. Why would people subscribe to the podcast magazine? Well, I mean, that's, that's a great question. And I would say that it has a lot to do with our writing when we really sit down and do in-depth profiles of, of podcasters every single month, podcasters that, you know, like the, you know, Jocko Willinks and uh, Dave Ramsey's of the world, and then podcasters that you've never heard of, but, but should be listening to. So yeah, we do profiles uh, of people in every category every single month. So arts, business, education, health and fitness, you name it, we're doing profiles um, every single month of all the top level Apple podcast categories. Um, as well as under the radar features, we've got an off the chart selection. We've got our hot 50 countdown, uh, which is kind of like, uh, kind of a little bit like, uh, like a countdown show, right. Which is based on, uh, top votes. And so we do our hot 50 chart every single month. Uh, and that's based on fan votes, but you know, look at the end of the day, if you love podcasts and you love podcast culture and you want to immerse yourself more into the industry, uh, we're, we're that go-to resource much as you would for Rolling Stone if, uh, if you love music. Mm, very good. So if you're a podcast fan out there, you listen to the podcast, uh, many podcasts, yeah, subscribe to Podcast Magazine and you'll be able to get a bit of a deep dive into the entire industry. So you mentioned you've been in entrepreneurship for 30 years. I always ask this question to guess what has been the biggest challenge you've faced along your journey? Um, so I've been in business 20 years. I've faced many, many challenges, personal but in business, a global financial crisis when I had five fitness clubs, challenging time. Um, so what would you say in your 30 years of business has been your biggest challenge? It could be both personal or, um, or business. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the same challenge that every entrepreneur has, which is just recognizing when you're either three feet from gold and like the, you know, the big, big payday is, is right around the corner there. Um, or if you're, you know, just just three feet from digging for another three feet, right? I mean, it's just, it's <laughs> that, it's that game of, of trying to figure out like, is what I'm looking for just right there and I have to keep going. And sometimes as hard as it is, you just have to say, you know what, um, I'm done here, you know, and this, there, there just isn't the same opportunity here that I thought there once was. Uh, and, and that's hard for a lot of entrepreneurs to do. I mean, I know I've, you know, kind of ridden that, that car a little too long, kind of beaten that dead horse a few too many times uh, before you realize like, yeah, you know, this is, this is just not going to, to play out. And you know, you get, you get really emotionally attached to things that you build and you create, right? And so for me, I think that's been one of the biggest challenges uh, is just knowing when to say when and, um, and even sometimes stepping away and just putting it in the hands of others uh, to take what you've created and then help, you know, just let them bring that to fruition in the way that they see the possibilities presenting themselves as opposed to perhaps how you see it through your very um, 
just restrictive filter and perspective that we all have. So uh, that's, that's one of the biggest things and biggest challenges is just knowing, just knowing when to walk away and when to keep pushing for that next three feet. Mm, very well said. Um, at the end of every episode, always ask a couple of questions. They're called rapid fire questions. They don't have to have rapid fire answers, but um, yeah, I ask the same questions to every guest. So what is the best book that you've read that everyone should read if they're looking to get ahead in life and why? Um, man, you know, it's, um, I'm just, I'm more of a business book reader. So I'd have to just kind of go back to, to one of my favorite business books, uh, which is guerrilla marketing by Jay Conrad Levinson. And, um, Jay was, was someone I knew, uh, before he, he left us in, uh, 20, 2012 and, um, just a really, really smart guy way ahead of his time in so many ways, but that, uh, that book guerrilla marketing, so many of those principles and strategies, uh, still hold true to this day. So that's uh, that can, that can definitely be a game changer for sure. Mm. Haven't read that, but, uh, I like that idea of guerrilla marketing. So I might even go and check that one out myself. Um, what about the best bit of advice you've ever received? Um, I mean, I would say it kind of plays back into the conversation around just being, you know, three feet from gold or or not, uh, which is my grandfather once told me, you know, we don't build monuments, which basically means if the right offer comes along or if something, you know, presents itself, you got to move forward in that direction. So, um, yeah, I mean, just just not building monuments and not getting too emotionally attached to what you're doing um, is, is really, really sage advice. Mm, absolutely. And what about on the flip side? What's the worst bit of advice you've received? And it could be just an idea or a common paradigm that people always say and you just totally disagree with. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that I totally disagree with it, but I do think that there's um, some folks who get kind of caught up in the in the follow your you know your passion sort of conversation. And and I understand why people say that, and you should definitely pursue what it is that that you love doing in in some ways. But at the same token, it's also a bit of a misnomer. I mean, there's, there are plenty of people who can pursue what they love doing or, or their passion, whatever you want to call it. And you can do that in your, in your off hours while still having a nine to five, right? Not, not every passion or, or purpose or whatever you want to call it needs to become your vocation. So it, it's okay to have a job and just do something you do enjoy in those hours after work is over. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that because if you're passionate about, I don't know, living like a Buddhist monk, you know, it's that's not something that uh, you go and do that. That's, you know, not exactly going to be the, the money ticket for you to feed your family. So I do agree with that. And what, a, what about outside of what you do? Is there something you're passionate about? Um, you know, before COVID hit and all, I had been active in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for a number of years. Um, actually, I'm over 20 years now. So, yeah, it's something that um, 
that I'm, I'm definitely fired up about and I can't wait for COVID to clear here because I'm about a stone's throw away from getting my black belt and um, I need that one to happen before I die. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's something that's, that's definitely on the list. Yeah, no, that's, uh, uh, I'm a big, uh, fan of that industry. Um, uh, not as a participant, my brother-in-law is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu though. So yeah, so he's been doing, yeah, probably uh, have to be 15 years, I'd say, but, um, yeah, we talk about, uh, all the different upcoming events most weeks. So I'm a, a fan, not a participant. Um, what about, what about, or let me ask you this question just on that. Who is your favorite um, UFC uh, fighter you like to follow for what they do? Well, I'm a little biased and I'm a lot of old school because um, I started training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu back in 2000. So right around the time that the first UFC it came out and the videos were still going around and pride was really big and, and so on. So, um, I, I go way back. As a matter of fact, I actually, um, used to train with and then managed Stefan Bonner, who was one of the two actually in the picture back here as part of the original ultimate fighter. Um, when Stefan Bonner fought Forrest Griffin in the, in the fight that really put people on the map. Um, so I managed Stefan for the first five, six years of his, of his pro career. And, um, you know, he's, he's always been just a, a beast and a super nice guy. And, and I just got a nod, uh, you know, over to, over to Bonner there, but in the, in the new school, um, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of talented folks for sure. I just can't, I just don't even keep up with who, who the current fighters are, because it seems like every time I turn around, there's, there's somebody new with a name that I don't recognize. And so I'm just, I'm showing my age in the, in the world of, uh, of MMA, but yeah, man, there's, there, there, there are a lot of great fighters now who have so many skills. It's just a much different game today because these guys are just all so good in all of the disciplines. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't always that way. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about, this podcast is the one shot movement podcast where it's about people understanding they've got one shot at life. So just go out there and give it your best shot, whatever it is for you. What's something you would encourage people to do to, you know, they might be sitting in their office, not uh, following their dreams or passion and just sort of idling along. Is there anything you would say to that person to inspire them to go and make the most of their one shot? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would just simply try to live by the, the adage of to a second grader, a fifth grader is a god, which basically means you don't have to have a PhD or an MBA or be one of these lettered saviors in order to really help somebody who's just a couple of steps behind you. And so one of the best things that you can do is you can go out into the world and just help people, right? And so don't get so caught up in... I have to do this or I have to do that, you know, just, just start helping people. And in that process of helping people, whether it be through teaching or doing online courses or you know, club clubhouse rooms, I mean, whatever it is, just sharing your expertise is a, is a great way with which to gain real clarity on what it is that truly puts fire on your soul in your soul. But it, it really boils down to just getting in motion 
because a lot of people never get started because they think they just have a, have to have all of these answers. Um, and the reality is you're, you're never going to have all of those answers. You, you just literally have to get started. And the best way to get started uh, is just by helping people who are a couple steps behind you. So that, that would be my advice. And then in that process, you'll figure out really what it is that you truly love doing and what you're great at and where there is an opportunity to make a lot of money. Um, and perhaps that represents the, you know, the one shot that you've been given here. Mm, very well said. Good perspective. Um, what about your vision and plans for the next three years? Is it to really dive into the podcast magazine or is it something else you're planning on doing? Yeah, I mean, I would say that the next three years, our goal is to create uh, a podcast related entity, uh, whether it be through the magazine or the subscriber base or the network or a piece of technology um, or clubhouse, et cetera, but just kind of bundling something um, where we can basically be a plug and play opportunity for a company to come in uh, and just say, look, we, we know we can move ourselves much further down the path if we acquire you. And so that's, that's our goal is to package and position what we're doing for acquisition uh, and to have you know, a $10 million plus exit here uh, in this world of podcasting within the, next, uh, within the next two to three years for sure, if not sooner. Mm. Exciting a journey to be on. And what about how do people find you? Is it social media? Is it on Clubhouse? Is there a website? How do people find you? Yeah, I mean, I would say that the um, the best thing for people to do would be to join us for the podcast magazine journey. Um, that that's where our heart and soul is right now. I mean, we 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 produce a hundred and forty odd page, really high quality magazine, digital or print, depending on which one you want, every single month. So yeah, I mean, it, it, and let me just give you a backdoor link to grab a free lifetime subscription. Uh, to the digital version of it, which is just simply podcastmagazine.com slash free. Uh, and it's a private backdoor link that you can use and uh, and just join us there. And then uh, obviously, if you want to connect with me, my information's in the magazine and uh, we can go from there. Very good. Um, and from me, I want to thank you for taking the time jumping on the show as a podcast host myself. When I come across you and your club pod on uh, Clubhouse, I you know reached out and said, "Hey, look, I love what you're doing, and love to uh, have you on my show." I've had a, a you know over a hundred amazing interviews in my short uh, twelve month um, journey in podcasting, and want to thank you for taking the time to jump on. Yeah, man. Appreciate you having me. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you on Clubhouse and around Podcast Magazine. Thank you. Wow, what an incredible episode with Steve. Hope you got a lot of value out of that. And if you did, make sure that you share, you give us reviews, you put it up on your social, uh, let everyone know about the One Shot Movement podcast. If you haven't got a copy of my book, you've got one shot, head over to my website at craigschultz.com. Just my name. Also, while you're there, book in for a discovery session where we can look in and do a deep dive into your business, your life, and look for opportunities for you to thrive. As I say at the end of every episode, you've got one shot at life. Go out get there and give it your best shot, whatever that is for you. My name's Craig Schultz. I'm the host of the One Shot Movement podcast.